Who's watched um, old program? So uh, young people, if you want to stay cool, just keep your hand down, don't, don't respond. So uh, uh, who's watched Catchphrase? I went to see it. Did you go and see it? Yeah, are you any good at it? So this is this is where it's, so I did a whole pile of powerpoints and it couldn't get it to work and couldn't find a memory stick so I went, yeah gave up so this is the powerpoint okay so in catchphrase then uh, uh, I'd get Lucy enthusiastic old come up and explain it but basically it's you say what you you see so these sort of cartoons come across and you say what you see so what do you say if a pie comes and lands on two ears pie on ear pie on ear so hashtag pie is the uh, is, is the is the title for this so we're in the you know envision uh, you know what's our purpose what's our calling we are a pioneering church amen we are a pioneering people who has a pioneering savior pioneering is fundamentally fundamentally to make a way where there is no way and then also to then enable others to follow Jesus there was no way to the father he made a way and then made the way open for all who would call on his name would go in the same way amen we have a pioneering savior amen uh, and in his name we are called to be the same isn't that right so turn to the neighbor and say you have a pie above your ears Just to remind you, so you've got to give some, you've got to give a sort of, uh, you know, so people, how are you going to remember this sermon? You won't remember this sermon because Stuart said something wise. You'll remember this sermon because Paul was leaping around like a madman, having an amazing time, encouraging us to be free. Wasn't that wonderful? Just to be able to just, you know, just be, just be free. So we need, you know, mad men and women of God. Amen. And so you need, uh, you know, mad titles to be able to remember it. Hull is what as you as you go in through as you drive to hull then you actually see signs that say what that we are a pioneering city with a pie city who's ever been to the shop called pie oh if you've not been to if you go on to uh, uh, tripadvisor then usually the in the top five restaurants in hull pie is there it's not a restaurant it's a calf but it does the best pies in the world. And they were in, I was in Beverly on Saturday and they, were, they, were, they had one of the market stalls selling pies and it was just mobbed. Hull loves pies. Uh, uh, church, we love pie. We shouldn't be called Revive Church, we should be called Pie Church, you've, you've got it. Um, that uh, we, are, we are a pioneering church in a pioneering city with a pioneering savior, amen? But we are, we're in a pioneering series, amen? Pioneers make a way where there is no way for themselves and for others to follow. It's all, it's all about creating movement. It's all about changing position. It's all about crossing over. It's all about what we are about as a church, amen? We are not dull Christians, amen? So you can say that to your next door neighbor. I am not dull. And do not disagree with them, by the way especially if you're a spouse, then uh, you're not allowed to... It's, it's the lie of the enemy that says we are average. Because I am average, you are average, but we have an extraordinary God, amen, who makes you extraordinary, who makes you... I am maybe not a pioneer, I'm maybe by nature, a human nature, I'm a couch potato, and I like sitting on a couch and being a potato. But actually, no, what God has called me to be is a pie. 
pi, pi, pioneer, it doesn't really matter. But he has called me to be a pioneer. And how's he done that? He's put a pioneering spirit inside of me. Now, when Jared last week was talking about posture, when we position ourselves and posture ourselves in alignment with heaven, heavenly things happen. When we position and posture ourselves in line with fleshly things, fleshly thing happens. So inside of me, there's a battle that says couch potato pioneer. When I line myself up to be couch potato, except for the occasion when I sat down watching the international rugby, that's okay, that's, that's quite holy. But when I'm sat there turning myself into a couch potato, heaven's not lined up with me, not because heaven's wrong, but I'm lined in the wrong way. If you remember, uh, we were talking about surfing a few weeks ago. So here I've got my surfing t-shirt on. So those of you who are close, it's got a whole pile of surfboards. It's the nearest I get to cool because it's actually my son's t-shirt, not my t-shirt. Uh, uh, but that was all al about aligning yourselves with the direction that the waves travel. So if we're couch potatoes and we're behaving like couch potatoes, you become a couch potato. You become a very, very good couch potato. Uh, that's not what I want to be because God has put a different spirit inside of me. And he's put inside of me a spirit that says, line up with the waves and line up with heaven and line up with the glorious intent of our Lord Jesus Christ that says, I am a pioneer and I make a way where there is no way because Jesus has actually gone before me and he has cut that, that path, he has cut that veil and he says, come boldly into the throne room of grace. And then I take that spirit into every area of my life that I'm living so that I'm not just living it for myself, but I'm actually living it for the 10 people who are my mates, that as we get, get to caught up in that same spirit, we all go together. Amen. You know that if you align yourself with a bunch of prophets, you will prophesy. If you align yourselves, not because I had any choice, with a bunch of Africans who are dancing, you find you've got a bit of rhythm. You know, it, you know, it came, there was sort of Bancoli, and I thought, he's just wriggling uh, at the front. But he wasn't, there was, there was a rhythm to it, and I thought, well, if he can do it, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I can wriggle with, with rhythm, and I'm not like, you know, dancing dad anymore. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, there's some African in me. Uh, I want Caribbean in me. That's actually what I, I want. Um, but, um, but uh, uh, you know, that good bit of Nigerian on a Sunday morning, woof, yes. <laughs> that did have a point, uh, uh, which I've completely forgot. What you line yourself up to be. So if I'm breaking through in one area of my life and I'm sharing that with my friends, something overflows into their lives. When Bancoli's wriggling away at the front, it overflows and affects the people who are, who are around us. And we, 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 we wriggle in, 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 in tune in time. Wriggle in tune, yes. Then uh, uh, we're called to pioneer. Amen? Uh, my wife's left me. She's in America uh, for, for 10 days. She's coming back. I hope. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Stu, having an amazing time. <laughs> Loved you once. No, uh, she's, uh, uh, she's gone and um, uh, uh, there's, uh, they've gone as a part, there's a group of four of them. Um, uh, so we've got sort of like them, two wives and two husbands who are left at, left, left at home. And uh, uh, so anyway, they've, they've, they've gone off to America. Um, uh, oddly, uh, Four years ago, next week, I think it is, Sandra was healed from being in a wheelchair. That is, she's gone economy class to America on three flights because it was the cheapest. Well done, Lucy. Uh, so, you know, horrible 20, 24 hours or 30 hours of journeying they had to do and all the rest of it. 
she was in a wheelchair and she couldn't make it, she would struggle to get to the supermarket. I think that's a, God is a pioneer. I think that's a, I'm using the words, Sandra's gone to America, but that is Jesus' is Lord statement. And that's a, the devil is proven to be a liar statement. And that is, he is victorious and he shares his victories with us. Amen? Ten years ago, about six weeks, ten years and six weeks ago, Sandra had a fall and put herself in a wheelchair. Uh, so for just over six years, um, she was disabled and our family was disabled. Um, and uh, that's quite hard to pioneer with, just as a little introductory thought. Sandra, just because she's, she's not here, it's easier to talk about her. When she was at school, uh, there, was, there was no Christian union uh, in her school, and in her year there were no Christians. And then um, her best friend got saved. And when she left in the sixth form, there was a Christian union of 65 kids, all Christians, regularly taking assemblies and all that sort of stuff. So cool lady that um, she when uh, I met her at uh, university I wasn't became a Christian so I became a Christian and she was the one that discipled me so it's actually all her fault so cool lady that we uh, went off to Bible school together in America so you know cool lady probably been on about sort of 12 15 mission trips uh, that she that, that she uh, sort of went on she um, booked off to go with Reinhard Bonnke, but unfortunately her mum uh, was uh, dying of cancer at the time. Um, uh, she didn't actually die, um, so, uh, but um, you know, a little bit of a beside the point. But you know, Sandra is an adventurer and a pioneer at heart. You might just think of her as you know, nice little Sandra, but there's something of a pioneering spirit inside of her. So when she was injured and disabled, that was so contrary to who she was and the frustration levels were enormous. Um, for the first sort of 18 months after the accident, she couldn't get off the couch, couldn't even, you know, get her upstairs. Um, what it actually turned out to be was she'd actually fractured her coccyx and it went, it went undiagnosed. So it was just constantly moving. And because you got a nerve going through it, then very, very painful. So even, you know, like sort of bowel movements all in that area. So, we, you know, even just even sat still, your body's moving and, and, and you know, terribly, terribly painful. So she was, you know, on lots of opiate-based painkillers, which were having funny effects on her liver. So it was, you know, it was a very, very um, difficult time. And we, we got loads and loads of people praying for us. Jared was coming around, uh, um, you know, very routinely, uh, leaping up and down on our couch, praying, you know, doing a pull in our living room, uh, uh, just praying and praying and praying. Nothing, 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 nothing. And you, you get to a place, and Jared touched on it, um, and, and I couldn't let it go by uh, because it meant so much to us, this, this verse, which is Romans 5, uh, verses 3 to 5. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I, I just want to add just a tiny little bit in that. Um, it's a bit dangerous adding bits to the Bible, but here goes. Um, uh, that's not quite. Suffering produces actually two different things. Suffering without the hope and the love of God produces ultimately depression and acceptance of, in this case, that disability. Suffering 
tells you you are cursed. Suffering is an outside sign that says I'm stuffed. Suffering, whether it be debt, whether it be uh, inability in relationships because you've had five failed girlfriends. Girls are tough, by the way, so don't don't give up hope. uh, You'll find the right one. Then, uh, uh, you know, because you're failing in relationships, I'm failing in jobs, I'm failing in driving tests, I'm failing in whatever things. These things seek to come as a disability to mark you and cause you suffering. There's just different degrees of suffering. In Sandra's case, it was a very physical and obvious suffering that actually had a suffering effect on our whole family because we for the kids who were growing up at the time that motherhood piece was being stolen away from 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 uh, from them husband piece was being stolen away whole pile of things for her that was being stolen away and that suffering can come along and actually cause you to go into a place of uh, of uh, of just a spiral of darkness and depression or and that was you know that was very very real and that happened with us lots um, by the grace of God, what you find was Sa- Stu was up, Sandra was down, or it was the other way around. Very rare that we were both in that, in that difficult place. And you've got to fight through that year after year after year. And that's where having good friends who will come along and speak a good word in season, life. It's life. If you're going through difficult things, you need good friends who will come along and not just agree with you, life is miserable. Sometimes you need a bit of that, but then they need to click out of that and they need to say, God is good. Amen? You need anchors when you're going through the storm. Or suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces hope. We, we went through years of probably not practically having any faith for Sandra getting healed if we're completely honest, but we never let go of hope. And why did we have hope? Because God, it said, poured out his love. Now, love is a statement of belonging. Um, I haven't got time to go into all the scriptures, but love is a statement of family. Now, when I think when he- heaven uses the word poured, it's not like I'm taking my, on this, this morning I took the milk and I poured it onto my cereals. I think when heaven says poured, think more waterfall, think more Niagara Falls. Don't think little jug with a little bit of uh, milk in it. When God, whatever you're going through, God is pouring out his pioneering spirit that says you belong to me. What is it, the hope that held us together when we were going through really difficult times as a family and as, as a couple and for Sandra as an individual? Then it was this thing, I belong to my daddy. I belong, whatever my circumstances, whatever my circumstances, I belong to him and he belongs to me. That is that anchor that is immovable, absolutely immovable. Now, when you're a, um, so uh, think about your own home situation um, and then, you know, put it into, if it's been a difficult home situation, imagine your, you know, your best friends who's had a good home situation. So imagine a good home situation. So very good example for, for me is actually my own mum and dad. Uh, 
And when we were all sort of grown up kids and, uh, uh, you know, a few years ago before my dad had died, then we'd all, we'd all go, you know, head back home. Um, and when news came that one of the kids, so there was four of us, was heading home, then we all went, ooh, not wanting to be left out. We all went, voomph, head back home. And so back to the family house. And by this time we had spouses and grandchildren. So the, this house got crushed uh, by, you know, an, an advancement, an advancing wave of, of McKinley's. Um, uh, and mum would be like, oh, this is, this is terrible, terrible, but completely on the, you know, the other side of her face, this is fantastic, fantastic. And she would make all this lovely food and all this sort of stuff. And as soon as Neil, my older brother, uh, he was the eldest, he was the naughty one. Then, uh, then when, uh, when uh, he would come into the kitchen, it would be, hi, mum, and he'd go straight to the fridge. There wasn't even a cuddle or anything like that because mum made lovely things and sort of fishy, prawny things, all this nice saucy stuff. And then uh, not a, a spoon, but a big dirty finger through the, this monstrous bowl of stuff that mum had made and then... <laughs> fabulous and she would then you know chastise him but in a you know in a loving laughing way because her son had come home and was behaving at home and everything in our mum and dad's house was ours and when I would go and go through, you know for example I'd then go through into the telly room and my dad maybe was sat there watching the telly um, I would then just pick up the buttons and flick over to something that I wanted to watch why because it's my telly because everything in my father's house belongs to me. Amen? When you have an unhindered sense of belonging to God, you can go boldly into the throne of grace for anything you need. Why? Because you are a son and a daughter of the king who Jesus has pioneered a way for you to come behind the veil and get whatever you need for life and godliness. Whatever you need. And if you want to walk in through that front door, you have every right to go into the throne room of grace, open the fridge door and stick your dirty big finger through anything that you need and then stick it into your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. You have the right to walk into your father's living room and actually turn on the telly and say, this is what I need. You have the right to, set, to walk into your father's house and say, Lord, I need some money. I need a girlfriend. I need something in my relationships. I need some stuff putting in my, in, right in my life. Because when you have that sense, that unhindered sense that I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me, what cannot he do in your life? Jesus pioneered, first Adam, separation from God. Second Adam, reconnection with God. Amen? At the end of uh, 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 Luke 19, I think it is, uh, Luke, uh, Luke, 19, no, Luke 19, verse 9, then Jesus, that's the story of Zacchaeus. Then, depending on how you read it in different versions, but basically it says this. Jesus says, the reason that I came, the reason that the Son of Man appeared was to seek and to save that which had been lost. Clearly who but also healing had been lost. Right standing with God had been lost. The sense of actually I'm a son of God and that I'm not separated from God had been lost. Jesus came and pioneered a way for you to belong to the Father. Amen? That's what we held on to. That we belonged to Jesus. No matter what our circumstances, because we were in disability, we weren't in victory on the outside, but on the inside, 
and on the outside, we belong to God. And even if Sandra hadn't been healed and she'd gone to her deathbed disabled, she would have belonged to God. And that security and that anchor is everlasting. And the devil can't steal it, can't erode it, can't corrode it. It's yours and yours forever. What do I think we are pioneering? We're pioneering a number of things. But one of the things that we are pioneering as a people, as one to another, as to an outside world, is that lost thing that we belong to Jesus. We're pioneering a way that says, I know how to get to the Father's heart. I know how to get to the Father's provision. So that my mates can come along too. Four years ago, next week, um, Sandra was in a, a meeting. At the end of the meeting, Jared prayed, and we'd prayed, I don't know how many times, dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe a hundred, um, uh, and not a sausage of a difference. And then that evening, all pain instantly left. All pain instantly left. And my kids got our mum back. I got my wife back. She got her adventuring life back. Now, when God pioneers and we follow, we pioneer, if you like, in our own right for others to follow. And I want to ask you a question. There was a, a, a bucket load of grace that was poured out to us that, that evening that manifested in the healing love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, was that a cup or did he turn the tap on and did he leave the tap on? Because I think when you pioneer and you find a uh, breakthrough, whether it be big or whether it be small, God didn't leave a cup behind the door that through his spirit he caused you to open. He left a tap behind the door. And when he turned it on, he broke the tap. So it's on. That's what pioneering is. If we're a pioneering people and you pioneer a bit and I pioneer a bit and you pioneer a bit and you and you and you and you and we all pioneer a bit in our areas anchored on a sense of I belong to God and I'm his and when I'm at home I will have anything that I need and I want for life and godliness. Even though my life be disabled, even though I'll be going through the... Uh, the, the, the valley of the shadow of death even though I'm going through horrible things I am clinging on that says I am his and that when you get your breakthrough and that his rivers of life start to flow it's not just for you it's for many others shortly after um, uh, uh, Sandra was healed then yeah, we did some uh, did some meetings really good stuff uh, then I did a silly thing went sledging and broke nine ribs uh, and, and put myself in hospital so uh, ignore that that was silly um, uh, then uh, uh, a bit later on um, you know all better uh, then off uh, I was at a, a conference in, in Scotland in the Fries where our old church was uh, and just speaking of the love of God and, and just suddenly got the sense of someone with back pain 
um, um, uh, God had healed. And so you have this utter conviction. So in front of all these people, someone's just been healed of back pain. Zip, zip, nothing. You have. No, no, you haven't. And then you, you, you want to go around actually just testing people and all this sort of stuff. Well, anyway, you let it go. And anyway, at the end of it, this nice, nice, nice young lady came up and said, that was me. Well, you made me look a sausage in front of everybody else. But anyway, tell me the story. So she had actually fallen down from top, top of the stairs down to the bottom of the stairs. Uh, Coxes had been, um, couldn't sleep in a bed for a year. Um, uh, no sort of, um, sort of all this sort of stuff. And she was just sat there while I was just talking about the love of God. And something of that open tap, I'm imagining, overflowed on her. Because Sandra, by the Holy Spirit, had pioneered a way and a door had been opened and a tap was still on that says, you will be healed. And that lady was, was healed. Uh, Jared last week was talking about, you know, last year at one and that uh, lady that got pulled out of the wheelchair and Sandra was telling her story and her testimony and there were a few of us just praying for this lady in the wheelchair and suddenly she just popped up because the tap of the love of God was left on um, if you remember this uh, lovely uh, uh, fabulous prophet Dr. Sharon Stone was here um, and um, uh, you know sort of just talking about these sorts of things and talking about um, I think it was her she was talking about restitution not just get you back get back so the devil stole from us six years in Sandra's health I don't want just her health back I want at least seven of those back I want seven healed nasty backs nastily injured backs healed that I bear witness to that's my restitution and then I'm going to do something else when I've got the seventh one done I'm going to say devil I'm carrying on and I don't want to just see seven I want to see loads Linda and I were chatting the other day over a cup of coffee about doing miracles I want to see the dead raised. Because the devil dared to stand over my family and said, I will disable you. Not me, Jesus said, I will sustain you with my love. And he did. I didn't have any great blinding faith or anything like this. As a husband, you hope you can stand strong for your wife and for your family. It's hard, you can't. Jesus can. He's my pioneer. He's my hero. He made a way where there is no way. And we're called to be inspirers of one another. We're called to be a pioneering people. Just say it to yourself, I'm not a couch potato. I'm a pioneer. I will make a way where there is no way. And Lord, you will open, I know it, you will open not just taps to fill glasses, but you will open taps that will cause your rivers of love and living water to flow in this place. In Jesus' name.